Coming up, the Knights of Soken podcast, your favorite source for Star Wars and gaming debate, starts now. Hey guys, welcome to episode 3 of the Knights of Soken podcast, season 3, Rumor Be This. I'm Astrock Duran, and I'm joined today by my good friends Jay Zeal Casima and Jace Drayson. Drayson. Jace Drayson. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself? Oh my god, I cannot feel more alive. <laughs> you cannot feel more alive. Well, that's a good way to feel. I, I could feel more alive. I'm starting to feel the uh, weight of the day tug on me a little bit. It's, it's getting late. So, what's everybody been up to? It's like, it's kind of weird. We had the holiday break-ish that was very unexpected. We did more RP, I'm assuming. Another busy week for me with work. What about you guys? What'd y'all do? Mostly still more Padawan stuff. I'm pushing my Padawan towards the, uh, the inevitable knighthood. He has been really, really great in terms of, you know, kind of picking up what I'm putting down. Okay. Um, really fun Padawan. Uh, so another shout out to my boy Zakoto out there. Uh, Ashrock, you are a Padawan or you're still an initiate? I can never remember. I am a Padawan. Okay, and who's your master? My master is Knight Jeremiah. Okay, okay. Oh, Jeremiah, he's You just cool got dude. a uh, new sister Padawan, right? Yes, I indeed Aggie no did. Whoa. Shout out to Aggie. Shout out to Aggie, yes. I'm actually uh, getting ready uh, to start gearing up for my trials now. Oh, it's already at that point. Are you a little bit sad? I was a little bit sad when it's time for my Padawan ship to be over. To be, to be honest, I'm actually kind of scared because I just posted uh, my my story in my uh, in the Noeticon, and uh, all I heard was, it relies, it, there's a lot of your backstory involved in this. It's like, oh, God, because Astrog has a lot of deep backstory in there that is not good. Well, that's your fault. That ain't, oh, that ain't that, that is fault. My Nobody fault. told you to put that in there. That is my fault and uh, a lot of near-death experience, so that's going to be fun. So anyway, we got some great topics for today. Are we talking about about some operations, uh, what we want to see in SWOTOR, and probably probably the biggest bombshell of the day, Xbox One versus PS4. I mean, come on now. And finally, wacky episode 7 theories. I can't can't wait to hear what uh, some of you have to say about that. But anyway, let's keep it moving, and let's talk about operations. Alright, so you guys have been running a bunch of operations, so I wanted to know, what is the current state of Soken operations? How are they doing? Well, we are still running two teams. Um, B team has been picking up a lot more people lately, so that's good to go. Um, A team's kind of been on a break uh, between a few of our members, uh, kind of having some stuff going on in real life. Gear-wise, I, I want to say we're really, we're in a, a good state. We're not where we should be, but we're a lot better than we have been in the past. Um, and we do, ha- I heard a rumor anyway, that the Lords of Soken are trying to put together an operation team too. So any of those Lords out there, you Darksiders, if you're interested in joining that team, I think you can talk to Roz. What's Roz's bad guy name? Anyways. I don't know. I don't know either. I try not to like really focus that much on the stuff so I can dedicate more time to you guys and not focus on their details. So Zorond, I believe it's Zorond. I made him a uh, forum signature and I believe it was Zorond. So yeah, seek him out. I think he's putting something together. He still has the, the Raz name in TeamSpeak, so if you see him in TeamSpeak, just talk to him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really excited. I think we're a couple of weeks away from uh, Nice Token really starting to do progression in operations again. we got a couple more people waiting to get some gear, and that's it. So we're waiting on. So where are we, where are we with the Alpha team as far as gear goes? I know that uh, Kais, my ops dude, is is has his six-piece. He's gotten several of the... I think he's mostly 220 at this point with a little bit of 224 maybe sprinkled in. Uh, and then maybe a 216 piece on the ear or something. I don't remember. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, everybody's characters except for we're like we're two people who's not like really ready for us to do hard mode progression. Um, as soon as we get those two people, we're ready to do hard mode progression, and then hopefully get into nightmare progression before 5.0. So, would you like to see add-ons in the game, or would you feel that uh, it would ruin the Star Wars experience? I don't think it's something that our developers sh should be worried about right now. There's so many other things that are in the hole right now with Star Wars: The Republic. That I think, you know, add-ons is the least of my worries right now for this game. Uh, I see that, um, and I kind of agree. My, I, I don't want add-ons personally because my, my angst is always, you know, do you have the right add-on? Is the person that you're rating with having the same add-on that you have? Are they seeing what I'm seeing? So there's a lot of, you know, congruency stuff that, that really bothers me about using add-ons to games. Um, I mean, certainly all of that is is able to you can get over it. You can make things work out. But I, I'd rather the game, the core game, have um, have what I need rather than try to get some of these, especially third party add-ons. I'm not a, a big pa fan of those at all, just because I don't trust people. I mean, my big thing is um, like I love Star Parts as it is already, and I mean that's the I wouldn't call it an add-on. It's more of a uh, you know, third, like you're saying, it's kind of a third party app. The thing it does is. Great. I mean, it's simple. You know, like it's really. Like I guess I don't know. It's just the guys uh, over at uh, iParks that did the uh, StarParse application. Thank you, guys. Like it's amazing. Yeah, I'm just getting used to StarParse right now, actually. And it's as I learn how to read it, and as I learn to see what it is that I'm doing and and what I'm not doing, it's a really useful tool in terms of getting better. It's a really useful tool to make me a better player of the game. And going back to just regular add-ons, that's another thing that in WoW. I wasn't a huge fan. It's almost like you put training wheels on your game when you get some of those add-ons. It tells you exactly what to do, exactly what to do when. And at that point, why are you playing the game? Why there's no, you know, heart or verve to it. It just is about making sure you mash a button when the, the you know, when it lights up. Yeah. So for the people that may not know, could could either of you explain what you were mentioned before the star parse? Yeah, Star Parse is a uh, third-party application um, that will actually take the combat log that's naturally generated by Star Wars Old Republic and then puts it in a format that we can actually read it. So in layman's terms, you know, for somebody like me that doesn't know a lot about stats, I don't know what, you know, how to gear my guy great. I can literally see right on the, right after we finish a fight, I can look at Star Parse and see exactly what my DPS was. Um, when you're parsing like on a dummy, you can try things out and you know see if this rotation works a little better than that rotation and the numbers don't lie so you can see you know i, I had a thousand more dps um using this rotation than i what did just one pro the one right before so you can really hone your game hone your skills on uh on the best way to actually play your your spec which is also good i mean people upload their combat logs all the time and you can actually yeah. see their um rotation stuff like that um, on Parsley at IO, I believe. So moving on, what what have been your favorite part of the new changes slash additions in the new op system in 4.0? By far, um, my favorite thing is that it's so much easier to gear. I and I, and the, I have to give props to Bioware on this across the board from launch until now. Gearing your tune is so much easier. I remember at launch just trying to get a piece of gear in a raid it pop up for your spec or for your class was like. Ooh, and then there's somebody else that wants it and you have to need between so it was really really rough it's progressively gotten easier to get gear and now we're at the point where pretty much if you've got a committed team you can get yourself geared in a week or two the way that the new op system works yeah definitely i mean which bringing that to the table is in 3.0 
The only operations anybody was really grinding was Temple of Sacrifice and Ravagers for in-game gear. Well now with every operation offering this gear, um, it's bringing variety back and you're actually been able to maintain more people. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. You're not just doing the same fights over and over and over and you're getting to revisit. We talked a little bit about this last season, how, yeah. um, how the operations, you know, making old content fresh is a really brilliant thing to do. And so far, it's it's been really good for me. Right now, I'm doing hard mode from beyond uh, just for the fun of it, just so I can have the new achievement for it. Like literally right now. <laughs> yeah, literally right now. Well, I do apologize for the uh, spacing out and a few pauses I'm gonna have, uh, but it's, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's our Jay Z. He'll not content to do one thing great. He's got to have a whole <laughs> stack of things to do great. I don't know. That's probably one of the big thing. Um, something that I'm still kind of iffy about is a, a change they said, and this doesn't gear directly towards operation, but uh, kind of towards someone's gearing. Um, is they've added this new thing called um, super crit um, into it and a lot of people don't know what super crit is you have abilities that grant a auto crit or most people's 6 set bonuses causes an auto crit that auto crit is a lot bigger than just your regular normal crit um, it actually increases your crit multiplier on average of about 20% from what most people's gearing at so when you're normally like your high crit being like 18k we're talking about your new high crit being like 20k Holy crap. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So a lot of people are making tweaks to the rotations, um, adjusting here and there. Well, uh, make account for the super crit now, uh, making sure they're getting the absolutely most they can get out of this. I talked about it in episode one being number six um, on my vanguards and tactics, and I'm going back and re-evaluating my rotation right now to account for it still. It's that's another thing that those those other applications are good for like star parts because you can actually go in and look at your What abilities you use? I'm not really great at looking at all that stuff But Jay's really good about helping me out and so when we are analyzing my rotation He's like, okay, how many times did you actually used aim shot in in that parse? So you can look and see ways to squeeze in more usages of that auto crit ability um, to, Just to make sure you're maximizing your DPS. I mean like that's what I'm saying like I don't think there should be like add-ons like there is in WoW where literally it's easy mode, you know, kind of piggyback on what Jace was saying earlier. But I definitely think there should be helpful tools like to measure metrics, you know, and like I said, you know, Star Parse is that perfect for us. Very cool. you just get to that point where you're like fighting the same boss over and over again, you got to find out, you know, who's not carrying weight. And it's probably Jace. <laughs> so, all right, what, what were you going to say? Front. So are there, are there any uh, changes that you would like to add to the new 4.0 app? A new one? Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? They did a good job of bringing the old stuff back, but we want a new op. We want a new adventure to take part in. We don't want a flashpoint. We want an actual op with some new boss mechanics. Or hell, take some old boss mechanics and work them into a new boss for that matter. Um, give us something new to do. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm not talking about something I think would be cool um, and it would be really nice to see is a Nightmare Ravagers and a Nightmare uh, ter or Nightmare Temple of Sacrifice. It's something that, that would be new and a lot of people have already asked for. Like them actually not bringing a new operation or a new mode for those two raids. Um, it's actually a big turnoff for a lot of the PvE community that the Star Wars Republic has. I mean, I, I honestly, Nightmare Mode just sounds so scary to me. I, I, don't, I could care less if they put up Nightmare Mode. I want, a, I want an operation where we get to go up against uh, Valkorian. Um, I want to see an op on Zakul or Odessan somewhere where, you know, a new location, a new venue with new bosses. And I want something epic and fun that's, that adds to the actual story that they've been hawking since they've been talking about 4.0.
Ashrock, I mean, I know you haven't really gotten into uh, the raid environment in Soul Resilient Republic. Is that something that you're interested in, or do you see anything that's really, like, drawing you into it, besides me and Jace talking about it all the time? Oh, I, I just hear you guys talk about it, and I heard uh, heard about the RP op uh, that we talked about last week, and, like, I just really want to get into it now. I feel like it'd be really interesting. The problem, the problem for me would be time-wise, because I've, I've heard that it's quite an investment on time. Yeah, it does. It definitely has some... Um... I'm, it needs to be dedicated into it, uh, and it comes, you know, gearing, making sure you're geared. Like I know, you know, going back to, you know, the multiple teams that Sokin's running, I think we're actually fixing to get a fourth as well. I've heard a rumor of um, not including the Lords of Sokin one, but a late night raid team going on Sarnet. Uh, I want to say midnight standard for people who are on late at night to do some Go. have some fun. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm really excited That's about awesome. hearing that. Yeah. Very cool. So we're gonna be moving on to the next segment. Uh, we're going to be talking about what we want to see in Spolator. So, do, okay. do you think Bioware will opt for a new stronghold or race in the future? Oh yeah, most definitely. I would definitely think we're going to see both. Um, and I want to say we're going to see the stronghold first. Um, strongholds are quote-unquote easier um, for Bioware to develop and make. Yeah, there's just no doubt about it. The long, If the game stays on, we're going to see a new stronghold, we're going to see a new race. That Because eventually, I mean they just have to, there's no way around it. Um, and it would be dumb if they didn't. The, one of the main reasons is it's a butt ton of money for them. I just can't imagine how much real life money people paid, including myself, uh, to unlock stronghold rooms. Um, I know that that was important to me when I was trying to, you know, create places to roleplay and to have that exact perfect location. And so. I'm willing to drop some bucks to do it, and I know other people are too, especially people who are fanatics about Star Wars. So put out a new stronghold, make a buttload of cash. It's just a smart thing for Bioware to do. See, I know my master, uh, Jeremiah, has put a ton of just actual, like, in-game currency as far as, like, credits go. He has, like, sitting 40, like, 42 million credits on his character, and, like, like, that's an astronomical amount to me. Um, I'm not sure how how much that is in in relation to other people, but that's just an astronomical. And it's just like there's just a bunch of stuff in his uh, stronghold. And I'm like, wow, he really put invested a lot in this, especially since like some of those like that one like the hangar expansion I think is like a million credits itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's funny like when I hear people like they're like, oh, I'm saving up money or saving up credits to unlock this new part of my stronghold. Like, I always think of all the bio, all, all the money that Bauer has made off of uh, myself and producer uh, Master Molin Abrams. We just unlock everything with cartel coins because we're super yep. lazy. That's what I do see. I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm not waiting to make no credits. Here, take $40. I'll just unlock everything now. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've just been grinding out weekly heroics just trying to get cash. But, oh, well, what, uh, what stronghold would you like to see if they'd release another one? Oh, that's a great question. I want a stronghold on Voss. I don't know. I think I w- I'd love a Bell Savis one. I'm in love with that planet. Always have had a hard on for Bell Savis. If I can say that on the air. <laughs> but uh, I'll always have. I've always loved that planet. I would love to see it more. I would love to see the different environments. Like I would love one part of my stronghold be like in the Arctic, another part of it have like some lava molt coming up. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. See, the thing is, it doesn't matter which one they put. I'm gonna probably own it. But but Voss for me would be. I want to have a spiritual retreat for my Padawans. Um, kind of create a little academy type place out on Voss. I love the way Voss looks. And the history there, the architecture. In fact, the the office that I put together for in the consular stronghold for Jace is all you know Voss furniture. Uh, I'd love to have an actual Voss setting to put all that stuff in and make a you know a spiritual getaway for for Jedi. 
Speaking of the Counselor's Stronghold, that'd be cool if we had the Counselor's Stronghold on Voss. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think I think it would be dope just to see the um, Ithon Stronghold. But oh, they yes. have like your own apartment at the Master's Retreat. Yeah, that would be good. In fact, I, I'd be kind of, oh, this is a probably not smart thing to say, maybe a little controversial, but I'd kind of be for putting our uh, our guild stronghold on Tython, tell you the truth. What are the kind of type of things you're looking for us to add on to? Will Bioware ever add a new class or character storyline, do you guys think? I don't think they will, and I think if they do, I want it to be something that could be um, healer and a tank. I think that's like the one thing that I don't see very often in games. I mean, I know WoW has it with the uh, pallies and monks. Yeah, uh, that I can't agree with you more on the healer tank thing, but I don't think that we're going to see, a, uh, as, at least in terms of storyline, I don't think we're going to see anything new. I think with uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire, they've pretty much made it clear where they're headed with the game, and it's not about a bunch of individual games that we can kind of choose a different class storyline anymore. It is now about this one huge storyline that we're going to take part in, um, you know, it, it's epic or not, whatever your opinion is, but I think that that's kind of the direction they're going. These episodes are not really going to cater much to individual classes. Now, what I wish they would do is give you some class responses. So, like, if you're in, I don't know, in a conflict and you have a, a consular class, you could use maybe a diplomatic response to avoid a fight or use a, if you're a smuggler, use a smuggler response to smuggle something in that you you know, give you some perks for being in that class. That'd be kind of interesting to see, but I think the individual storylines for classes is a, is a thing of the past. Yeah, doing, doing like the voice protagonist for how many lines it would have to record, going from just even the beginning all the way up through the end, that'd be a lot uh, of dialogue and a huge financial undertaking. Well, you know what? If they uh, put a new stronghold in, they could out, they could counter. Yeah, then they can <laughs> put a new stronghold in, and then you can afford a new voice actor. So, do you think Swotor will ever add another PvP map or a PvP game mode? Most definitely, they have to. Like, PvP is such a big part of the Swotor community. Well, there's no of, reason why. Yeah, we kind of already know. I think we already actually talked about this too last season. Maybe we kind of already have heard rumors. Perhaps there's data mined information that there's a PvP map on the way. I think on Yavin 4. So, I, I don't even have to think it. I kind of know it. Now you know it's data mined, so it may come, it may not. They have to. It's an MMO. They can't stop making MMO-type gameplay um, in favor of all storyline. I like the storyline, but I want things to do after the story's over, and PvP is one of the things. Now, now, now saying that, I do wish that they could figure out a way to make World PvP matter again. World PvP was fun at launch on Ilum. Then it got ridiculously boring. I don't know if people got burnt out in it or stopped going out there or what. Well, I mean, it turned into a giant lag fest. That was the problem with it. Is, you know, you'd go out there, there'd be 40 plus people on both sides, and all you would do is win by AoE. Well, like, hey, remember no, that true. time when there was just all that PvP outside the, the temple on Tython when 4.0 originally launched? Yeah, when <laughs> Bauer made the that. amazing mistake of made it where uh, M's could go to the other home planets. And vice versa. <laughs> Some, some loophole about the strongholds. Yeah, something about deleting your stronghold or something. Yeah, I do remember hearing about it, but oops, probably shouldn't have said that, just in case. I think it's fixed now. No, it is fixed, it is fixed. I'll yeah. try to do it. Every so often, I'll still <laughs> see, like, a Sith Inquisitor just, like, sitting outside the temple, like, how did you get here? But anyway, do you guys have any other ideas that would, uh, that could possibly be adapted to Swotor? Well, you know, we took this question to the forums, and so let me, uh, let me just throw out some of the things that the Sokanites themselves... Um, put out there. We've got Daystros, who who wants a new iconic planet, maybe Dantooine, Kashyyyk, Talos. 
Um, that's what he's looking for in the game. Um, and he wants more strongholds. We've got Katashru, who'd like to see, and uh, over the here, over the characters had chat bubbles. You know how? You know, at one point I heard in, in one of the beta builds there were chat bubbles in Swotor, but they went away because they created too much lag. And he definitely wants character races. Nautilans and Rodians would be fun for him. Councilmember Joe Pani, what's up, bruh? Um, would like to see less working together as factions and get back to more of the so uh, the, back to the galactic war that's supposedly going on but every every time a new thing happens it looks like we're working with Sith again which I can see how he's um, getting tired of and Zarthrak wants more character appearance choices um, Yatlin wants to play Yoda's race <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever happen but it'd be cute <laughs> in any case so I mean I mean all that stuff is cool we've talked about it I mean definitely want more races definitely want more strongholds I mean, that's, that's pretty much pretty much it. I mean, I don't know what anymore else I can ask besides, you know, for a new raid, which we talked about in the previous segment. I definitely love, I don't know, I really am a big fan of all the OOC stuff. So I definitely want to see more of that. OOC stuff, what do you mean? Oh, like ops and PvP, see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, world PvP is my big number one thing. If, that, if I could personally have something, that's what it would be. Yeah. I want another stronghold. Coruscant just isn't doing it for me. Go get a tat, dog. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tatooine's nice, but... The sand, it, it's coarse and. <laughs> anyway, oh God, does it get everywhere? <laughs> it, it gets everywhere. Anyway, we're we're gonna cut it here. We're gonna go to the uh, commercial break, and we'll be back with the biggest debate of them all: Xbox One versus PS4. Enjoying today's show? Interested in joining the Knights of Sokin? If these apply to you, please visit us at www.knightsofsokin.com and click the apply button above. Also, feel free to send a comment our way on Twitter at Knights of Sokin, as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash Knights of Sokin. Now, back to our show. In one corner, we have the Xbox One. In the other, we have the PS4. Are you ready to rumble? Okay. Yo, I really think about it. The two actually went head to head. Like if you put them up with like every little thing together, you're gonna go all ten rounds. It's gonna go to judges' decision for sure. Yeah, you think so? There's gonna be no knockout here. There's no, there's no, there's no KO between the two systems. Like I own both of them. So I'm ready. I'm ready to look at this. All right, let's look at it. All right. What you got so for do us? You round one. All right. So round one. Uh, do you prefer uh, Xbox plug-and-play option when it comes to external hard drives? Is the PS4's uh, set up too much for the casual gamer? I just don't see the point of either of them. I have both right now. I download games, I buy games. Um, I definitely think the only people who need to switch out external hard drives are people who just download everything. Most people still go to the store, still go to GameStop, and you still buy your, um, you know, your hard copy of the game. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that I have one hard copy of a game that's come out in the last 12 months to be honest with you i've really kind of gone the whole streaming slash download route i don't i don't i i do fill up my boxes i always have i don't know I always buy the um like the collector's edition stuff um to get like all the extra special little gimmick stuff and stuff like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can buy those a lot of times you can buy those now through the stores the whatever the sony store is called and then the uh microsoft store as well yeah i don't know i just like i don't know i still go stand in lines at GameStop, and you know for the stuff huh, are you a midnight release type guy yeah i'm a midnight release type person oh so am i yeah yeah i i have to say that i think that as far as sitting down to play a game i don't know i've never set up a ps4 i'm just going to come out and say that but from what i've read what i understand it's a lot easier just to play the xbox one that's I, I disagree with that. Um, I feel like every game I've tried to play on my 
Xbox One, I've sat there and I've had to install everything for hours. I actually, I actually agree with uh, JSU on that point. Um, although I think it's present on both consoles. Both consoles, at least to my knowledge, require a fair amount of uh, downloading for the actual games to run on, on the consoles themselves, which uh, does take up a whole lot of uh, hard drive space. I think I have, I think I have like four games on my Xbox One. I think it's already up to like, like 45% full. Like I don't, I, I don't have the storage space to do that. Granted, I have hard drives laying all around my house, but the point still remains. Those take up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Definitely, mm -hmm. but story, I mean, the big story. thing is, is, we talk about is this focused to the casual gamer? Both these systems were launched for the casual gamer. You don't That's see, as, you don't see as many discs come out as you used to. Even if you know, you talk about it. Most of the games you see are third-party indie games. I mean. That's true. <laughs> and by Cannot far, argue. and by far, the PS4 indie genre games blow Xbox One out of water. What, how? What do you mean? There's more. There's more quality. There's more. So you have quality and quantity over Xbox One. You're gonna have to drop some names, man. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> happy with these. Like, right, right, you're happy with them because you don't know about the PS4. Okay, well, educate me. I can't educate. Just a problem. There's a catalog. I'm not gonna sit here and read from my catalog. I don't have time for the show. Molin's gonna kill me if I do it. <laughs> well, we we can we can argue about this point in the next uh, in the next one because we're gonna be talking about uh, the popular statement of the Xbox One having better an online community and connection, uh, with the PS4 having better single player experience games. This is something that I I probably will agree with Jason um, when he finally gets to you know get some hot air blown out. Um, I do think that the Xbox community online community as well as like their multiplayer gameplay online is better than the PS4. I will give Xbox One that win. With the PS4 going free, um, they're a lot more relaxed on how much they actually monitor the online gameplay. So that's something Do you think I that's hurting always. them? Um, I think to like the hardcore gamer, to the actual like full gamer communities, I think it is. But I mean to like your casual gamers of just having stuff in the household or people who are just in there, you know, playing first person shooters, I don't think it is. Okay, good. So we both agree Xbox One on that one. So let's jump back a minute to these titles. <laughs> since, oh, since we both agree on this. I just want to say, you know, I don't know that, you know, it may be that in terms of indie games, I don't have any titles here, so I'm just going to have to go by on, your, on, on faith that okay. you're right. But in terms of your, your big, you know, class A, big, big name games, big name titles, Xbox One kind of has the edge, I feel like, on Sony. It's in terms of exclusive I, I titles. Okay, so Xbox does have um, uh, my my brother. We both have we both have both consoles. Um, we were talking about this the other day, and Xbox does currently on the market have a couple more exclusive titles. But we also have to look into the big ones. I mean, like there's titles that come out for Xbox. I'm like, eh, I've already played the first four of them. Halo, for example. Versus there's the exclusives that are coming out for PS4 that are actually convincing people to buy PS4s just for these games. Well, I mean, you, and you those do... I will drop. You have the Uncharted series. Yes. And then yeah. You have and the Last of Us. We're on Uncharted yes. Four now. So you, you know, your your case about Halo Five being the fifth iteration of the game, I could make the same claim about Uncharted. You can. Yes, but, but you got you, Jace. Have a relatively new story versus Halo is the same Master Chief storyline. 
there, there's multiple other Halo games. Thinking about uh, Halo Wars, Halo ODST, Halo Reach, and now you're up to, what, eight games now? Yeah, I mean, that market's just washed for me. Like, the whole Halo market just washed for me. I wish Gears of War would continue. That was a great Xbox exclusive for me. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're actually going to be great. continuing. Gears of War Ultimate? I mean, that's still exclusive out there. It's pretty pretty well seller, even at this moment. Gears of War Ultimate's a big game right now for yeah. the Xbox One. Right, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, but their, their heavy hitter, which is Halo, just isn't carrying weight anymore, in my opinion. Well, you got like Tomb Raider. People, Rise of the Tomb Raider just dropped. Rise of the Tomb Raider is not well. Xbox exclusive. Uh, I believe it is. That's the follow-up sequel to the Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. That shouldn't be exclusive. It should be for both consoles. Uh, I got sure? another game for that uh, PS4 okay. exclusive, uh, Bloodborne, uh, an almost pseudo rival to um, what's, what's that? What's that really hard R RPG game? Uh, Dark Souls. Okay. It's uh, it's very similar to that, and I, uh, I have a I have a coworker, um, and he's just been playing the crap out of it, and he's just saying, "Oh, my, this makes me so glad that I got the PS4." So that that that's uh, starting. Things are starting to add up for. For PS4 against Xbox One as far as games and single player experiences right. concerned on my end. Just just googled it. Rise of Tomb Raider is exclusive to Xbox okay, One. Okay. So I'll stand corrected on Tomb Raider. You've got Ori in the Blind Forest, Sunset Overdrive. There in terms of just sheer number, uh Xbox One has the better exclusive titles. Yeah, and just so you know, twenty sixteen, Gears of War four, Scalebound, they're coming out next nice. year. The things you very can nice. Right? Things I can't do while I'm rating. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, in the end, does having one or the other really make a difference or even matter? I mean, let's be honest. Th it, this is all a very <laughs> subjective conversation. Uh, it it kind of boils down to what you like better. And, and for me, what I choose a console based on isn't necessarily, you know, whether I can stream Hulu on it. It's not about whether it's got a great community because that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for my individual single-player games. That's what I play on my console. Um, my, my PC is where I play my, my community stuff. And for me, in my opinion, I like the choice of games for the Xbox One, the exclusive games anyway, um, in that in that in that vein. That right or wrong, that's where I stand. So you know, ultimately, it comes down to, to personal opinion. I feel I feel like uh, since these consoles are just like such a such a big investment, because these these consoles are expensive when they first come out, coming coming out around like four hundred dollars. Now, that's just uh, that's a pretty well, large amount of money. I mean, we just came out of Black Friday weekend, and like both these consoles were like, there's some good sales for like three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I right. They're they're selling like a bundle of the Xbox One and like two games for three hundred dollars. Like, that's crazy. So I I really just think it's uh it's more of a matter of people trying to validate their purpose. Like this is this is why my console is better than yours. They're just trying to make themselves, uh, say. People are like, ah, oh, you made the wrong decision. When there's like, it doesn't really matter. It's a both. It's a console that plays games. It, it's your opinion. Until there is a Humongo hack, and the Xbox network gets pooched, I'm gonna just sincerely stand with my Microsoft peoples over on Xbox One side. I mean, I mean, you can definitely. I'm just, I'm just saying that I definitely think PS4 brings more to the broader community. Don't, but. In terms of your network too, and I'm not just talking about social network, hasn't the Sony online network, whatever, been hacked a few times, gone down several times? Wasn't it down for like 
days last year. Yeah, Xbox was down for days last year too. They just didn't make it as public. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, every network is going to have flaws. Something I will say that the PS4 multiplayer, like for first person shooters we were talking about earlier, now there are more hacks and like that um, for PS4 than there is Xbox One, but that goes back to you're having a paid service versus a free service. Like, you actually are paying people. Microsoft takes that money that people are doing for subscribers for Xbox One, for Xbox Live, and actually putting it towards people's jobs and paying them to actually monitor servers for games. What do, what do y'all pay for your your online subscription for a year? For what? For the P uh, Sony it's network. Free. You don't have a, a like to go gold or we call it gold. I mean, I mean, PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus. Yeah, yeah. What's that? How, do you know what it costs? Uh, I want to say it's like sixty dollars for the whole year. Yeah, I think that's what it is for Xbox. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what it is for Xbox. Except, um, I I believe GameStop was doing like some promotion for their um for the Xbox Live for a year. I think they're selling it for like $40 last time yeah. that I checked. But I mean, what's cool, what I think is really cool about the PlayStation Plus is that I actually get a choice to download free games every month. That's what, uh, you get that with uh, gold membership yeah, I, on I Xbox can, too. Yeah, I right, right. that on my but, Xbox But I mean, too. like, we're talking like brand new, like, titles that are still being in, store, in, in, in the stores for $60. Yeah, pretty much. I can. I mean, there's not a huge library. I'll admit that. But I was just looking at them the other day. There's several. In fact, I downloaded what's it called, Titanfall, and played through the tutorial yeah. of that or whatever uh, for free on my uh, on my plus gold, whatever. Oh, I mean, in my opinion, like one doesn't beat the other. Like they're it's pretty draw around. Like I said, it would go to judges judges' decision at the end of the ten rounds. Very nice. I, I, so I, moving. I also think PS4 has is more graphically pleasing to me than an Xbox One. It runs at a higher resolution, so that's fair. What what is it? Uh, what is the PlayStation like? Or is it 1080p as opposed to Xbox's 900p or something like that? Or is it 900p yeah, opposed yeah. to 720? Yeah, I want to say yeah. I want to say it ups ups like upscales to 720. That's what I thought, but I was I wasn't quite sure. Versus a PlayStation 4 already pushing at 1080. I'm not seeing it on here, but, I, but here's my thing about that: the way the great graphics look today, unless you're playing side by side, who in the hell's gonna notice? I mean, if you've got high HD to HD. There's really no difference between what you're looking at on the screen. How close are you to your large screen television while you play your video games, too? I'm at, if I'm on my Xbox One, I'm probably about like three feet from my screen, in all honesty. Yeah, how large is your screen? You 65 go. inches? Jesus! <laughs> you're getting way too many rads, man. Well, it's because there's like nowhere else for sit in my living room right now. Okay, fair you enough, you I have guess. Testicular cancer. <laughs> what? Specifically. <laughs> okay. At that on that note, hey, we're gonna be moving on way, to we're gonna be moving on to wacky episode seven theories now. So on to a pretty interesting topic. Episode seven theories. Do you think there's any possibility of there being credence to the Yuzong Vong theory? What what's the Yuzong Vong theory? To my knowledge, it was part of uh, expanded universe books, which pretty- Oh, no, no, no. I know what the Yuzong Vong are. I read every single one of those books, actually, and I kind of liked them. But what's the theory, <laughs> I guess? Okay, so there was a link on what culture uh, talking about it. The Yuzong Vong invading some warlike species, uh, just trying to take over there after a quarter of a century. 25 years is supposed to be after the film. 
they 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 essentially fled their own galaxy uh, that's been pretty much destroyed, and they uh, chose to invade the outer rim in a bunch of the expanded universe books, of course, which are not canon anymore. So do you think they would incorporate that in any way? Oh no 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 no! I haven't, if, I haven't if, heard the using Vong theory for the movie. I didn't read that one. I didn't either. That's why I was. Li- I, I I don't think that the, I think the Yuuzhan Vong are gone and over with. I think whenever Disney, you know, rebooted, they went the way of the dodo, and we probably won't see anything about them ever again. Personally. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think the I, and I really hope that they are, but I think the Yuuzhan Vong are gone. But why do you think? I mean, I thought they were a pretty cool enemy for the Jedi. I thought it was they were an interesting race. The the way their technology worked and the fact that they were kind of invisible in the Force or didn't touch the Force or whatever. The whole the whole storyline. I mean, it, it dragged on too long. There were too many books and some of them sucked. The idea of the Yuuzhan Vong were was kind of cool. I I never read the books, so I didn't know much about the Yuuzhan Vong. And I, f- I feel like if Disney's casted out those books, I agree. I don't think they're going to touch that at all. Nah, it's over. Yep, agreed. Game over, man. I think uh, I think my favorite like funny theory was the uh, Darth Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I love that one too. <laughs> Darth Jar Jar. Like, I think that's the funniest theory I've ever had. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand, like, the super stretching that this person did when he was writing the article. But, like, some people who actually ran with it, I'm just like... What is wrong with y'all? Well, uh, there, there was one that I thought uh, might be interesting. The, you, you see, the, did you guys open that uh, the site and you see the the Han Solo being a rebel leader? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't I, see I, that one. What was that I one actually like that one. Tell you the truth, I that the notion that that Han Solo is kind of like a I don't know if you want to say a general in in the Rebel Alliance or the New Republic or whatever it's going to be in this in this story. Um, coming from his history as a smuggler, you know, somebody so outside of the law, so rebellious against governmental type control, it would be really cool to see that character come around as some type of political leader or political figurehead. Yeah. And then uh, I know we talked last week about the, uh, I, I thought it was hilarious, was that uh, Luke was uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, that was going around for a while there. Before they, you know, because he wasn't in the, the trailer. Then we knew Kylo Ren was around, but Kylo Ren had the mask on. I mean, I knew who was playing him, so I never fell for the series. But there were a lot of people who really thought, oh my gosh, that, that Sith with the weird crossblade uh, lightsaber is Luke. Isn't Kylo Ren supposed to be like 30 or somewhere around that age bracket? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure of his age. I, I feel like I feel like I heard that somewhere, but I don't know where. But if that is true, that that completely throw that out of the water. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I just all these theories that are coming out right now are just they're funny and ridiculous. Um, um, and it's funny, like, I really feel like people are just sitting behind their keyboards right now, like, I wonder if Obi-Wan could be Kylo Ren now. <laughs> I mean, I, I see why people are do it, doing it. I do it, too. There's uh, the whole theory that Kylo Ren is a failed Padawan of Luke Skywalker or the Knights of Ren or whatever they are. I really don't know much about them. I've been trying to avoid spoilers to a, to a degree. Are a group of Jedi that perhaps Skywalker started and they went to the dark side or something like that. I mean, that that's plausible to me. That's not so wacky. I think that that could, has a little bit of credence. If we're sitting around just, you know, bullshitting about what could be, I think that that's that could be. So I know we touched on this last week, but do you think the suggestion that Luke may have fallen to the dark side has could hold any merit there? No, I still don't. I mean, we dug into it a lot last week and it, because of that Huffington article, but I honestly think no, no way, Jose. I think that the way that the film ended 
in Return of the Jedi, it really leads to him rebuilding the Jedi rather than falling yeah. to the dark side. Very true. So, what is the craziest theory that you've heard so far? Uh, Jay-Z, I think the Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar was definitely crazy. One thing that I think is pretty out there is the whole notion that, that Darth Vader's gonna be, I don't know if Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker or whatever is gonna have some type of actual role in in the film or you know we do see his helmet in the trailers um and kylo ren i'm assuming he's speaking and said he's gonna finish what what vader started but you know is he gonna appear as a force ghost again is he gonna have some type of cameo whether he's i don't know a robot a clone whatever could be maybe he'll show up in flashbacks even that he had something to do with the knights of ren i don't know that that's so so crazy or wacky but it's it's interesting. So do you think there could be a chance that uh, Kylo and Rey could be the, the new Solo twins? I don't think so. Yeah, I really just don't think so. Like, I don't think we're going to see... Maybe we might not even see anything from the Solo family at this point. I don't know. I think they kind of have to. I think that the, the the way that they're billing it as the main Star Wars movies being the saga of the Skywalkers, it just makes sense to me. Unless Luke had kids, it just makes sense to me that, that somewhere along the line, Han and Leia had babies, or a baby, and... Yeah. That one of these characters somewhere somehow is is one of their kids. I mean, this is all. This is not spoiler. We don't know nothing. This is all just speculation at this point. But to me, it seems like they have to take that line. Otherwise, why put it in this? Why make it episode seven, eight, nine? We if they're passing the torch to this new generation, who cares if they're not part of that line? The whole the whole point is we're coming from that kid on Tatooine who was a virgin in the Force, and the line and, uh, and story arc and narrative that comes from that. Kid kid and if if there that family line isn't continued it's not a part of the saga to me yep there was an article that uh ray favored mark hamill and kylo favored hayden christensen and it was mentioned that it wasn't an accident that they appeared similar in that article well now, i mean something we do know is that hayden christensen is pairing um physically for another Star Wars movie, and I think he's already been confirmed for one, but uh, I definitely think we're gonna see him in flashbacks. Something I think we're gonna see with Kylo Ren and how he favors Anakin is because I actually think that Vader did have his own apprentice, could have been the Rens. Okay. That's like one so of the I'm, theories that's been going around the room mill that I actually I can actually get behind. So with Disney saying that they're going to be putting out the Star Wars movies every year, I feel like uh, some of these things could be better suited for those other movies, but sadly we're running short on time for this segment. Uh, so Jaziel, can you bring up your closing statements here and uh, have us get going? Yeah, another uh, great week for Soaking Events coming in at 40 strong. Pod race right around the corner. LOS, Lords of Soaking, come join us out on the Imperial side of the house. And then don't want to really hit on it, but we've got a bunch of new stuff that uh, we're working on coming up around the uh, first of the year. So we'll make uh, bigger and better announcements on then. Why does Jaziel always get to do the announcements i kind of feel left out at the end like because you usually carry the intro what yeah, you usually <laughs> carry the intro so i take the outro that's how we work this out that's oh, in I your contract you should gosh. go back and okay look over I, that. I guess i shouldn't have signed round it, so really... two jay versus jace fight i definitely want to tag on to that though storyline storyline storylines one of the big pushes right now in the specs is talking about some cross spec rp talking about some storylines that we've all throughout soaking so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to to the role play and the narrative that's happening there yeah i mean, actually have another big arc starting this saturday so and we do want to throw out congratulations to the uh new knights of soaking apollo luvis and lasalu way to go coming from padawan tonight moving on up in the world right to the east side 
He's bounding Very down. Very nice. Load it up and track it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, that's all the time that we have for episode three of the podcast. I've been Astrock with my fellow podcasters here, Jaziel Kasma and Jace Drayson. We'll see you next time. Stay classy, Soken. Thanks for tuning in to the Knights of Soken podcast. Please click the subscribe button below and follow us on Twitter at Knights of Soken. And look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Knights of Soken.